Hi, this is Debbie Morgan, and you're listening to the Spirit of Now, Zeitgeist's podcast that lets us talk to spiritual influencers and teachers that are open to creating community for the spiritually independent. And today I have the pleasure of talking yet again to our contemplative in residence, Carl McCollman. Uh, he is part of our organization as a teacher, as a spiritual director, and as a guide for us as we walk the contemplative path. Carl is a commissioned centering prayer teacher, a life professed lay associate of the Trappist monks, and the author of many books, including The Big Book of Christian Mysticism, An Invitation to Celtic Wisdom, and coming in June of 2021, his newest book, The Eternal Heart. While Carl's own practice is steeped in Christian contemplation, he's been active in the interfaith community for many years and has taught world mysticism courses through Emory Continuing Education and then the Shaman Interfaith Center. This time, however, we're not talking about mysticism in a religious context, but we will be talking about Ken Wilber's integral theory, and Carl will be our teacher for that coming up on Saturday, March 6th. Now, integral theory is a huge area of study, and I am very delighted to have somebody as capable and articulate, as well as being creative and fun, as Carl McCollman to help us tackle this very, very large subject matter and make it easy to understand, which is Carl's gift. So Carl, welcome again to the Spirit of Now. It's always a fantastic pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Dan. And, and let me just get started by saying, okay, this is this this theory is big enough to encompass literally everything. So where do we start? What is the history of this? Where did it come from? And who is that crazy bald guy, Ken Wilber? Well, uh, as I was listening to you speak, the the image that came to my mind was, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But then, of course, I'm a vegan, so I didn't want, I don't even want to eat the elephant. <laughs> then I thought, well, maybe a chocolate elephant, but or a tofu elephant, you know, I don't know. But at any rate, we're going to eat whatever me metaphorical <laughs> elephant is to your taste, one bite at a time. And, and maybe the best way to begin this is I'm going to talk about just how I kind of discovered Ken Wilber and discovered integral theory. And it actually goes back to 1987, back when God was a boy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was a young whippersnapper living here in Atlanta. I just moved to Atlanta and I was doing most of my grocery shopping at Seven Onda. Um, and I was there one time and I just picked up a copy of Yoga Journal. I think there was an essay or an article in the magazine that looked interesting to me. I wasn't even a yoga practitioner at that point, but you know, the magazine looked good. So I grabbed it, brought it home. On the cover was this crazy bald dude named Ken Wilber. And so I, I, I picked up the magazine and read the interview they had with Ken Wilber and had no idea who he was but was immediately taken by his erudition. He was clearly a very articulate, very intelligent person, was clearly somebody with some spiritual depth to what he had to say. But, and I don't even know if back then he was even using the, the term 
integral theory. He may or may have not been, I, it's just, that was too long ago, but he definitely was talking about integrating, integrating Eastern spirituality, Western spirituality, psychology, sociology, biology, you know, just kind of bringing all of these different wisdom lineages together into kind of a unified way of understanding what it means to be human, what it means to be alive. And so, um, so that just was very compelling. And, you know, I was kind of a young uh, meditation practitioner at that point. And, and I just found, found his ideas very, very compelling. Fast forward maybe about another eight or nine years. And, and I, again, I, I can't remember how this book crossed my path, but I was working at a bookstore. This is in the mid 1990s. I was actually running the, the college bookstore at Georgia State University. So shout out to all GSU folks who might be listening <laughs> to this. But um, so I was, you know, since I was a bookseller, I kind of had my finger on the pulse of just what was happening in publishing. And um, because of my interest in spirituality, one publisher that I really liked, and I tended to always look at their catalog was Shambhala Publications. And, and I think Shambhala announced at that point, they had a new book coming out with the title Sex, Ecology, Spirituality. And it was by this guy, Ken Wilber. So I was interested in Ken Wilber. And to be perfectly candid, I'm interested in sex, I'm interested in ecology, and I'm interested in spirituality. So it just sounded like, you know, a trifecta of, of interesting yumminess. So, you know, so I grabbed the book and it's a, it's a tome. It's like a thousand pages or 800 pages or whatever. It's this big, huge, humongous book. And I will confess, I didn't get very far into it. I just kind of got bogged down. I, you know, I'm the kind of person who usually has 30 books going at a time, you know, and so if a book doesn't immediately grab me, I usually just set it aside. And that's what happened. But about six months or a year later, I guess I wasn't the only person doing that. I think a lot of people were doing that because then Wilbur's next book was called A Brief History of Everything. And it was basically Wilbur's Reader's Digest version, his, his, his abridged version, if you will, of sex ecology spirituality. But what Wilbur did, and, and you know, I wouldn't have the, just the sheer chutzpah to do this, but Ken Wilbur is Ken Wilbur. And he, did, he basically interviewed himself in the book. So the book is, is, is in a question and answer format, but you know, let's make no mistake. Ken is interviewing Ken. So he writes the entire book, but he writes it in this Q and a format. And basically what he does is he explains the theory that kind of was the machine behind this book, sex, ecology, spirituality, and is a much shorter book, maybe a third of the length much more accessible because of that Q&A format. And I, so I got that book and I devoured it and really just felt you know, that he, he had given us a compelling vision for just philosophy and spirituality for our time. And so from there, of course, I, I started reading other books by Wilbur. Now I'm gonna fast forward another 15 years and talk about some folks that you and I both love this would have been 2009, I guess. And I was out at, in Albuquerque at the Emerging Church Conference that Richard Rohr's Center for Action and Contemplation put on. Mm -hmm. and, um, and at that point, I was writing a book, which in fact, you mentioned it, the big book of Christian mysticism. And, um, 
and it was at this conference that I met Brian McLaren, that I met Richard Rohr, you know, um, and other people, Gareth Higgins. I mean, a lot of a lot of neat people were at that conference. But I'm working on this book, and um, just kind of wanted to see if Richard and Brian would give me some advice. So, you know, during the meet and greet, I go up to each of them. And I'm trying to remember which one I talked to first. I think it was Richard. And so I'm telling him about the book. And of course, bless Richard's heart. I'm sure he gets, you know, a hundred people every day. He's like, I'm writing this book, you know, <laughs> but, um, but he was very patient with me. And he went on to, to really write a wonderful blurb for the book, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're talking about the book and I'm telling him about it and he's encouraging me. And then I said, you know, and, and part of my definition of mysticism is driven by the integral theory of Ken Wilber. Uh, what do you think of Ken Wilber? And Richard Rohr said, Ken Wilber is the Thomas Aquinas of our generation. Oh, wow. Isn't that a great, great catchphrase? Mm -hmm. and, um, and so immediately I was like, okay, well, I'm on the right track for using Wilbur to, 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 to write this book. So then I'm done talking to Richard. I go over and stand in line to talk to Brian McLaren. And, and I, I finally get up, Brian and I chat. I'm telling him about the book. And before I can even say it, Brian says, have you read Ken Wilbur? And I'm like, Ken Wilber is one of my main sources for how I define mysticism. So it, it really just brought home to me that, that, you know, thought leaders within Orthodox Christianity, as well as within the, the broader inner spiritual world, have really, you know, recognized in Ken Wilber a theory that I think is really just profoundly appropriate for this moment that we find ourselves in. Like I said, I've used Ken Wilber's thought to help unpack mysticism, which as you know, is not an easy topic to right. unpack. But I think Wilbur, Wilbur really has a lot to say about politics, about religion, institutional religion, versus the larger question of spirituality. Um, right. You know, and, and, you know, he, he, he's basically a historian of human consciousness. But in a girl theory, he doesn't just stop with where human consciousness has come. He offers some really compelling, and I think scientifically um, substantive right. uh, speculations about where we are going with our consciousness that, you know, just, I find just absolutely compelling. And, um, and I think anybody who's seriously interested in what it means to be a conscious person and what it means to be a spiritual person owes it to themselves to get to know his theory. So. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I my familiarity with him doesn't go back as far as yours does chronologically. But what I remember is we did study that in living school seminary uh, with Center for Action and Contemplation. And it was funny to me because most of my fellow students did not enjoy it. And wow. they, were, they were a little they were a little frustrated because it, it can seem very heady. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can seem a little overwhelming, but I loved it. I, that was the first I'd come across it. And I said, where has this been all my life? Because integral theory can help you understand so many other things. It's almost like a rubric that you can plug anything else into in order to, to make sense of that. Um, so I just love it as a tool and as an inspiration. So one of the things that you just mentioned, Carl, was it helps us create a roadmap to where we're going. And I think mm -hmm. that that's, that's true. 
and, and exciting. For me, I also found it as a helpful roadmap to understand people um, that, and it's really hard to put language around this without sounding judgmental. And of course the intention is not uh, the theory, nor Ken himself personally is judgmental about anybody. But particularly in our political climate, sometimes we look at people who see things differently than us and we get caught going, how can they think that? How can they be there? In your experience, Carl, have you found integral theory helpful uh, relationally? Have -hmm. you found it helpful to look at our landscape and figure out how to make connections with people that are in different uh, emotional or philosophical places than ourselves. Well, yes, and um, you know, one of the many, many sources that Wilbur draws on is a is a theory of human development called spiral dynamics. And you know, one of the things that that spiral dynamics looks at is that as we, you know, again, looking kind of at the at the human lifespan, you know, just from the time you're born to, well, to the time you die, really, your consciousness is continually evolving. Now, some people, their consciousness gets stuck in a certain place. Um, everybody, your consciousness kind of travels in waves. So as you evolve, there may be, you know, some days that you're kind of at, at kind of your peak performance and other days, maybe you're just kind of, you know, you're sitting in front of the TV and eating the Cheetos. And it, and it's just, that's kind of how life, life happens. So it's kind of like a teenager, you know, some days the teenager is a grown up, and the next day, the teenager is a child, you know, and it's just kind of like this, this, you know, moving back and forth. But, but eventually, if, if everything goes well, eventually the adult emerges and the child just becomes kind of a cherished part of life. You know, maybe more memory. And once in a while you regress there if you're having a really bad day or whatever. And, but then this continues. And what, what Wilbur shows, what integral theory shows is that what's true for the individual and the individual lifespan is also true for entire civilizations. And it's true for like the human the human species as a whole. And so even, you know, like you, you mentioned politics, even, you know, <clears throat> political parties have levels of consciousness that they represent. And, um, you know, and I, <clears throat> I don't want to get too political here, but I can say, you know, when you look at like the contemporary Republican political party and the contemporary Democratic political party, and then maybe even some of the smaller parties like the Green Party, for example, you can see how they fit into the spiral dynamics map and also into the larger integral theory map. And so, you know, one of, one of the things that I think integral theory helps us to do is it, is it helps us to move out of that judgment reflex Mm-hmm. And, to, and to maybe bring more of a spirit of curiosity and a spirit of recognition that, you know, okay, this person thinks differently than I do. They have different values than I do. Rather than immediately saying they're wrong and I'm right, maybe we can say they represent a different level of consciousness than I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we want, and again, the, again, it's not right or wrong and it's not who's higher or who's lower. It's, that can be a very tempting you know, path to walk down. But the reality is, is that people are where they are. And so, you know, whether you're talking about the nation as a whole, or whether you're talking about a family, or a church or a spiritual community, 
you know, a business, a corporate environment. What, whenever you have a situation where you have people together, they're going to represent different levels of consciousness. And, and I would say it's incumbent upon those people who maybe are at some of the more evolved states to be able to, to integrate, again, to work with people at, at, at lower levels or even, you know, and then the question is, well, what if you meet somebody who's even at a higher level of consciousness? How can you learn to recognize that? And I think integral theory can point that out as well. You know, so, so, the, so the question becomes, you know, how do we all get along? How do, we, how do we stop from, you know, constantly fighting and constantly being hostile and aggressive to one another? And the sex part in that book, Sex, Ecology, Spirituality, it's not just about, you know, sexuality, but it's also sex and gender. It's also about how do how do men and women, people assigned male, people assigned female, um, you know, people who maybe are neither male nor female in our, in our uh, world, how do we all get together? How do we relate to one another? Mm -hmm. How do we, you know, Wilbur was writing again in the 1990s. He was really looking at how, you know, even then sexual politics uh, often kind of devolved into a kind of hostility and a kind of aggression between people assigned male and people assigned female. And, and he basically argued, you know, this is not necessarily helpful for evolution. Maybe we need to find another way that right. we can be having this larger conversation. So, you know, so all of these different levels in which, you know, we, um, we relate to one another, I think integral theory, and you're, I, I wanna go back to the heady thing, cause you're right, this is philosophy. And I think we just have to acknowledge that it's, that it's, it's, it's a thinking thing. But I, what I hope that you know, people who are interested in this, maybe interested in coming to our program on March sixth, will will consider is that you know, life is 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 about thought as much as it's about action, yeah. and and that th this is again, this is very uh, cerebral or heady on one level, but it does have lots of practical applications, and I think even only on the level of understanding one's own self. It is, it is just a profound, profound um, tool. And, you know, anybody who is, is on a conscious spiritual journey, which I'm assuming the zeitgeist tribe, that kind of is probably a defining, defining factor. Anybody who's on a conscious spiritual journey, I think really owes it to themselves to, to get to know this, this theory, because again, it is a roadmap. It's a roadmap of the blossoming of your own consciousness. And so, you know, if, if, you're, if you're engaged in a meditation practice or a yoga practice or contemplative centering prayer practice, anything like that, the, the raw data that this theory pulls together can really, you know, help to, to make sense of the journey you're on. I, agreeing with that completely. And my personal experience was, um, even though I did find it heady, which I like, I've got a very strong five Enneagram going on. But it also opened my heart and it made me, it helped me to see myself in other levels of consciousness, you know, finger quotes, lower levels. But when I find myself in people that are in different places, you know, I can remember when I was like that and it, it made me much more compassionate and it made it a lot easier to connect with other people, which uh, is not a heady experience. It's a very open-hearted experience. And this, this academic theory really helped me do that. And so I, I just, I love it and, and find it very complete. 
you know, you, we were talking a little bit about roadmaps. And one of the other things that I found helpful with integral theory is it involves constructs. It involves some particular maps. And so uh, without, you know, talking in too much detail, because we'll save that for Saturday the 6th, but can you give us a brief introduction to the kinds of maps that are, are part of our learning in this? Well, let me just maybe briefly talk about the four quadrant model and yeah. what, what, what Wilbur offers there. And again, you know, the, the conceit here is a brief history of everything. And of course, <laughs> I'm reminded of a magnet that a friend of mine had on her refrigerator. Uh, I guess she still does. I haven't seen this particular friend in a while, but she, the magnet said, you can't have it all. Where would you put it? <laughs> um, you know, so, so this is the immediate question. If you want to create kind of a holistic theory of everything, where do you put it? And so Wilbur developed this, I think he developed it, or he, you know, he may have borrowed it from somebody else, but he certainly has used this and popularized it. This model that, you know, on the, on, on the surface, it looks like, you know, a Cartesian coordinate system. You know, it's kind of like a, it's, it's like a piece of paper divided into four quadrants. So you've got a horizontal line and a vertical line. But each of those four quadrants then represents a different dimension of, of human experience. And the, the easiest way to, to divide it, and I don't have the quadrant in front of me, so I'm, I'm not gonna tell you which, which one of these is which quadrant, but one half of it is interior and exterior. So, so take the human experience. What is the interior experience? Well, it's our spiritual experience. It's our, you know, our consciousness. It's our subconsciousness. It's, it's our, our capacity to dream and to, to intuit. Um, you know, it's, this, it's the psychic realm, all of that. You know, what, what happens behind the eyeballs, basically? So that's the interior. What's the exterior? Well, the exterior is not only the world we find ourselves in, but it's also, you know, our, our flesh and bones, our, our, our skeleton, our, our organs, the brain stem, the heart, you know, the neural system. And, and then, yeah, then, you know, just functioning in the world of space and time. So in inner and outer, is, is one dimension and the, oh, there we go. And then the other dimension is individual or collective. So, you know, on the individual side, it's like, how do we function just as, as discrete entities? And Wilbur uses a term that he got from, I think it's Arthur Kessler called holons, H-O-L-O-N. Mm -hmm. So a holon is like an individual unit on, in the evolutionary chain. So each, each discrete human being is a hold on, okay, you know, and, and we think of individualism in our society, you know, every, every person is sovereign, every person has freedom, has their own agency, that kind of thing. But the reality is, is that every human being is always part of larger tribes, whether it's your family, your community, your spiritual community, you know, uh, a community like Zeitgeist. Um, what does it mean to be an American? What does it mean to be a citizen of Atlanta or a citizen of the state of Georgia? Um, it's, you know, or wherever it is you find yourself, a North American, a Caucasian, a person of color, you know, a queer person, a straight person. You know, we, we all are members of kind of these nestled tribes that, that then define who we are too. And so, you know, and I, I kind of already touched on this. When I talked about, you know, the the uh, the development of individual consciousness is mirrored by the development of our collective consciousness, 
And, um, and so, you know, Wilbur charts this out on his, on his four quadrant model. And then the, um, the um, you know, on the external side, what he would say is you see, obviously the development, you know, again, talk about the individual, you know, we all be, we all descended from the amoeba, you know, you start with this, the, the simplest of organisms, they eventually evolve into more complex organisms, and then continue to evolve eventually, you know, you have a spinal column, blah, 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 blah. Collective organizations evolve as well. And, and that we see this in increasingly complex social structures that then make larger organizations or more complex organizations possible as well. So again, this is, this is a lot of material. And you know, one of the things we'll be doing on March 6th is I'll be giving folks kind of a lay of the land of, of kind of this, this entire model of how Wilbur understands quote unquote everything. But then probably in the second half of the, of the day, we'll really then focus in on that individual interior dimension. Because, you know, again, the, the question that, that we're holding in this conversation, how, how does this apply to my life? How does this make a difference in who I am? How do I get through the week with this, this material? And that's where I have found that integral theory is the most immediately useful for me, is it, is it really does help me to understand what's going on inside me, but also how what's going on inside me has resonance with what's going on inside my tribe as a whole or what's going on on an external level, so. Yeah, I, I really that's, like what that's you're- That's a mouthful, but you know. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty, pretty good mouthful. Um, yeah, because I was about to ask, knowing that you are someone with a, a contemplative meditative practice, how does that connect with integral theory and vice versa? But it sounds like you just answered that, that it's the, it's the, the connection between the I and the we and the interior and the exterior, that it ties that together. And one of the things that I would say is, um, you know, and, and I think all of your best, you know, meditative teachers, um, and, and by the way, I don't know if you heard, um, we're recording this on February 15th, William Menager died today. And so, you know, William Menager was one of the founders of the, the Christian Centering Prayer Movement, you know, which is a very important mm -hmm. meditative practice in our time, at least in the Christian mm -hmm. world. Um, the... Um, the um, but Thomas Keating, who was Menager's colleague, um, of course, Wilbur himself, you know, so many Buddhist teachers, Pema Chodron, um, you know, that I mean, the list goes on and on. I, uh, but what you find is that meditation teachers will point out how a sustained uh, meditation practice literally expands our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And and what Wilbur does is he gets into the nitty gritty and shows you how that happens and shows you what you can expect to see on the way. You know what are what are the 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 landmarks on the journey, if you will. So mm -hmm. um, you know, so it literally takes us from you know most people. I would say you know here in you know the United States in the year twenty twenty one, most of us tend to have a consciousness that tends to be very much what either kind of a mythic membership consciousness or a, a oh my gosh, I'm, 
I'm, I'm flaking out on what the other one is called. Um, it's green. I know the color is green. Um, but at any rate, they're, they're, they're basic levels of consciousness. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have the terminology <laughs> on March the 6th. So if you, if you, you got to come on March the 6th to find out what it is. I'm Carl, there's, there's so many moving parts in this. It's easy to, it's easy yeah. to. Yeah, up. you know, but um, I, I should have done my homework before this conversation, but that's okay. Here we go. That is um, absolutely okay. The, um, the, um, the, you know, let's just say most of us have kind of an ordinary functioning level of consciousness that helps us, you know, to drive our car, to balance our checkbook, to do the tasks that we need to do at work. And, you know, it's just to kind of function in the world. And then, you know, and then we go and we meditate and, you know, and, and usually a good meditation experience, you know, you'll have by the end of it, 20 or 30 minutes, kind of this more expansive sense. And then, you know, you're done and you get back to life and, you know, you just kind of snap back into that normal operating consciousness. What, what Wilbur contends, and again, he draws this from other theorists, so he just didn't, you know, pull this out of thin air. But what he contends is that a sustained meditation practice over uh, at least a four-year period um, will typically help somebody to move up one or two levels of this kind of chain of consciousness. Um, that has certainly, I would, I would argue, you know, has certainly been my experience as somebody who has been a longtime practitioner of meditation and contem contemplative forms of prayer. Um, now, I suppose you could argue, well, you know, I'm a human being, I'm alive, I'm engaged with life, you know, I'm reading a lot, I, I have interesting friends like Debbie Morgan, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't I evolve that way anyways, and hopefully we would. But it's, it's kind of like you're eating superfood. You know, when you, when you engage in a contemplative practice, you're just, you're just eating some, you're getting some extra nutrients, again, on that kind of deep, deep interior level. And what, what integral theory, again, basically does is it gives you a roadmap. It says, this is what you can expect to see emerge in terms of, you know, again, your, your sense of being connected to the world at large, being connected to, to nature, being connected to a sense of spirit, being connected to a mystery that's even beyond any kind of sense of spirit. And then eventually a mystery that's beyond all mystery. You know, those, mm -hmm. that's kind of, again, in a very, mm -hmm. very, you know, Reader's Digest version to give you an example of what, what the map of the higher levels of consciousness begins to look like. So, Yeah, yeah. And I think an important part of that, and one of the reasons that I think that meditation or contemplative practice is critical to that moving up is the sense of uh, how willing are you to let go? And when you spoke about Menninger, and of course that reminded me of, of Father Keating and uh, you know, Rami Shapiro had spoken to him several times before Thomas passed and said, well, you know, you know that, that you're close to needing to let go entirely. How are you, how are you being present with that? And Father Keating said, well, every time Thomas shows up, I let Thomas go and Thomas shows up and I let Thomas go. And one day I'll just let him go altogether. That was very moving. And it reminded me that my very first Ken Wilber book was Grace and Grit, the book that Ken wrote when he was losing his partner to cancer. And so, you know, go back to the idea of this is a very heady theory, but as we pay attention to our growth of consciousness, the reward for that is the ability to get better and better every day at letting go. 
And the more we're able to let go, the more we're able to connect. And, and, and be present with, yeah. what, with whatever is arising and be able to respond in a way that's appropriate and, and effective yeah. and skillful in the yeah. moment. Exactly. As, as uh, um, Menninger would have done, as Father Keating did, and as Ken himself has done so many times through his own illness and his own loss, and that we are all called to do. So, so Carl, this is, this is certainly, I'm so excited to uh, have our time together on the 6th and to approach this material and to, I love to look at the faces of people as they learn this for the first time and get exposed to it. And you get that, um, you can tell by somebody's face that the top of their head is blowing off with, <laughs> with how amazing this is. So I can't wait for that. Um, any, anything else that you would like to add to uh, help us get a grasp on the theory or to help us know what to expect on that Saturday? Well, on March the 6th, um, what I would encourage anybody who wants to attend and, and, and the, everyone is welcome. If you're brand new to Ken Wilber, uh, you know, there's going to be this assumption that, that, you know, that people could be absolutely brand new to, to the theory. But my, um, my recommendation is to try, I mean, I know there's only a couple of weeks, but to try to read Ken Wilber's A Brief History of Everything prior to coming. And if and you can't- a long audio book on that too. So if, mm -hmm. if you aren't able to sit with a book in your hand, if you uh, will be in the car or any place that you can listen to podcasts or audible books, the, uh, there is, I think it's 11 hours, but- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's unabridged. So you get the full, the yeah. full enchilada. And, yeah. um, and it's done, you know, again, a and a So it's got like a woman's voice asking the questions and a man's voice giving the answers. And so it's, it's, it's actually a pretty engaging uh, uh, way to- Yeah, I found it very compelling. And, um, and it's, it's, you know, and it's, it's heady, but it's not hard. You know, I think, you know, it's accessible to the average person. It's not like reading Thomas Aquinas where it's like, oh my God, <laughs> what did that sentence mean? You know, um, it, you know it's fairly accessible on that level. But, um, but again, if, you know, so, and, and the main reason I would recommend that is because we will be covering a lot of ground and, you know, and just having that, that background would be helpful. But, um, but if, if you haven't read the whole book or you haven't had a chance to read the book, I would still encourage people to come because then the yeah. tools that we will be, be reviewing on March the 6th will be helpful to go back if you read the book after the fact. So, you know, so, the, so, the, so the, our time together will be, again, similar to what we've done this morning, you know, looking just a little bit at who Ken Wilber is, what integral theory is, why integral theory matters, really then just kind of, you know, just moving through the material in a brief history of everything. Again, with this eye of how does this philosophy, how does this theory make a difference in the average person's life? And that yeah. will be, you know, kind of my job will be to try to, to, to pick and choose the material that I think are the highlights that hopefully people will find really compelling and useful as, as, they, um, as they continue their own spiritual practice, whatever it may be. And that's one of the things that I think, and I, I can't stress this enough, that, that I find so helpful about Ken Wilber is that it's applicable no matter what your, again, whatever your po political ideology is, yeah. whether you're, you know, you're Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim, Wiccan, none of the above, gay, straight, queer. Um, you know, I think, I think just about everybody, maybe with the possible exception of ACDC fans, 
but everybody else oh devony's given me a stricken look i should have i should have said grateful dead fans but then that, no, and i'm acdc fans I, i'm joking I, i'm joking i'm an acdc fan i just have uh, to say for the it's, record it's it's you know there's there's some, <laughs> some great rock and roll there you know but um but you know i i that was just a, a really lame attempt at a joke but, um <laughs> laughing so i guess it worked on some level but, oh yeah, man! You can't be an ACDC fan without a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, is that it? All right, you know. But um, <laughs> those so, Grateful Dead fans, I don't know. I, know. I don't know they, if they have they, a sense they, of humor. They, or they not. take life way too seriously. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <sighs> what did the What did the first Deadhead say to the second Deadhead when they ran out of cannabis? I don't know. Gee, this band stinks. <laughs> You can cut that out. That doesn't need to go. I might not cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Uh. (laughs) Um, No, no, it's, and and I hope what what this has proven is that uh, this is a heady, heady topic, but I want to, I want to have fun with it. And I think that, you know, that the beautiful thing about um, spirituality, philosophy, is that you can, you can look at stuff that may be very challenging on kind of a cognitive level but that there, there still can be a sense of play and, and, a, and a sense of joy with this material. And this is what I think, you know, at the end of the day, integral theory is optimistic. It is an optimistic view of what it means to be alive, what it means to be human, to be part of the larger human family, to be a spiritual being, to have a destiny that really takes us all the way to the heart of God. Those, those mm. are the kinds of things that we look at. And so this is really, um, it's 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 a privilege to introduce people to it because I think it, it can really help help us just to navigate this very complex and sometimes scary world that we live in. So um, so you know there you go. That's absolutely it. So. absolutely. And uh, so to close out, I just want to add one more, well, two more plugs. First of all, a plug for your upcoming book, Eternal Heart. Um, I'm really excited that uh, that we'll have yet another Carl contribution to the wisdom of spirituality, and so. Uh, ZG will be doing uh, some sort of activity to help introduce people to yourself and your book later in the summer. So stay tuned for that. And the other plug that I wanted to put in is uh, this is uh, your talk on Saturday, the the 6th will be open to the public and we encourage people to register and attend. But I also want to add that this is part of our curriculum for the Zeitgeist Spiritual Direction Training Program. We think this material is so important that it is built in. And so some of the participants will be our students in the program as well as the public. And so if you are excited about this kind of learning opportunity, um, there w- there's a lot more where that came from within the Spiritual Direction Training Program. So uh, if you are interested, that might be something to take a look at on our website. So Carl, thank you again. It's always, always a pleasure having a conversation with you and especially to be able to share your wonderful energy with other people in the community. So um, I'm getting excited for that day and I'll look forward to that. And uh, we will look forward to gathering together to learn with you, Carl. Absolutely. Thank you, Daphne.